This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. Well, now, today's topic is not an easy one to swallow, but very important for us to address. What happens when depression leads to death of our loved ones, and in particular, our teens? Surviving parents or friends of those who take their life most often will say they had no idea. They saw no signs, but they're left with a void in their hearts and feelings of guilt that they couldn't save their loved one. My heart breaks for those who have lost someone so tragically. But friend, you are not to blame. Today we pray the Lord will take away that guilt and hopefully we can shed light on some things that parents might need to know going forward. Our guest is Katherine Barner, a licensed professional counselor who has worked in both the secular and Christian sectors of the mental health field for over 25 years. Katherine earned her BA in psychology from Spelman College, her Master of Education in Counseling from University of North Texas, and her Master's in Biblical Studies from Grace School of Theology. She's the author of God Help Me, I'm Grieving, Finding Healing After Loss. Welcome back, Katherine. Thank you, Carmen. Good to be here. Well, we talked last week about the rise in anxiety and depression among teens, but sadly, we also know that there's been a rise in teen suicide. Mm -hmm. My heart just breaks and goes out to every parent who has tragically lost a child. I cannot imagine. As a grief counselor, you no doubt have counseled parents in their losses. Mm -hmm. How do you reassure parents that they are not to blame? Uh, <laughs> it's hard. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna yes. be honest. It is. It's hard. Um, but we take it slow. We mm -hmm. go really, really slow um, because we have to, before we can get to the point of saying it's not your fault, we've got to get through just the very real and raw emotion of my child is gone. Oh. Oh, yes. So so we do that. We, we, tr we try to take it very slow um, and move through in a way that is going to help them ultimately get to the place to be able to hear that it's not my fault. Okay. Um, and then we can start to talk about some of the other things that we start to talk about is the individual responsibility. And this is this what is what makes it really hard when we're talking about individuals who who die by suicide is the individual responsibility that still remains when mm -hmm. we're talking about about this issue and that the difficulty in wrapping your head around I could have done something I should have done something I should have known something mm -hmm. I should have seen something I should have heard something mm -hmm. when the reality is if an individual makes up their mind that they are going to take their life by suicide, while there are things that we may see, there are things that we can do to intervene, mm -hmm. to hopefully intervene, 
if that's the decision that's been made by that individual, there's not a whole lot that we can do to change, to stop that from happening. Wow. And that that's the hard Isn't part of this. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I, I liken it to, you know, if, if I make up my mind that I'm going to run that red light, yes. you know, and you're in the car with me, you can tell me, Catherine, we, you know, listen, we, we may get a ticket. Someone may hit us. All of those things. And I may know that all of those things are true, but mm -hmm. whatever is impacting me in a way that's saying, I am running this light, Carmen. Mm. Honestly, there's nothing that you can do. Mm. Mm. And, and that is what is so difficult. So moving through the real and raw piece and then getting to the place where we can have the conversation about individual responsibility yes. and teasing yes. that apart so parents and families can say, this wasn't my fault. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. So, so difficult. Yeah. You talked about going through that grieving process mm -hmm. very slowly. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you suggest to parents that they they go through a process without themselves becoming depressed? Yeah, that that's a good question. And one of the things that we talk about and that I try to t say to parents is take away a timeline. Take, take away a timeline of when you should be better. And that's true of grief in general. Uh -huh. But particularly uh -huh. when we're talking about dealing with the death of a child mm. that's happened by suicide. Mm. Remove this, you know, I, I should be better in six months or oh, I, I, goodness. I should be better in a year. Just take that out of your head completely because that adds additional pressure mm. that you don't need. Because what happens then if you don't meet that magical predetermined timeline, mm. now you beat yourself up more about not being okay, wow. which feeds yes. that something is wrong with me. So take that away. The other thing I say is to talk openly and honestly about your feelings. Don't mask them. Mm -hmm. Don't try to suppress them. Don't um, say things like, well, I, I shouldn't feel this way or I, I don't want anyone to see me this way. Mm -hmm. Whatever comes, allow it to come. Um, and so having said that then, it's exceedingly important mm -hmm. to work with a therapist, particularly one who knows and understands mm -hmm. um, the grief process, one who also has worked with folks who have experienced the loss of someone by suicide. Yes. And then support groups, I think, are phenomenal. Oh, because yes. there, there's something very powerful and I believe something very healing about being in a setting of people where you can share your story. You don't have to mask it. You don't yes, have to yes. make it make sense. You don't have to pretty it up. You can just say what it is and be accepted. Yes. And that's what happens in those types of settings. Absolutely. Because part of the struggle with with suicide and death by suicide is there's still mm -hmm. this taboo. Mm -hmm. And so people mm -hmm. tend to, to shy away from families. Mm -hmm. People tend to pull away because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And so families find themselves needing to protect their story. Okay. So they don't say anything. So then they can't get the healing they need. So therapy, being honest about the feeling, support groups are huge, I think, oh, um, yes. in, in, in the healing process mm. for families and parents in particular. Now, do you find there's another level, another issue, rather, mm -hmm. that, that has to be addressed in those situations when we're talking about believers? 
the short answer is yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think so because, you know, and, and I think many of us, you know, have grown up and heard that, you know, if someone dies by suicide, you know, they go to hell. And so all, there's oh, all yes. that that we have to yeah. we have to unravel. That's right. Um, and I, I think so that does add an extra layer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, mm-hmm. I think for some parents, that extra layer can help in the healing process where I've seen some parents who are like, that's all I have. So all I have is to is to lean on God and literally fall on him. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it. So so it can go both ways. Okay, but I think that most of the time. It, it lands in where there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of resentment mm-hmm. towards God, mm-hmm. trying to navigate that, mm-hmm. trying to reconcile faith. Why did God allow this to happen? Yeah. Those those kinds of questions that come. Of course. Um, particularly if, if there have been longstanding struggles with a child and we've mm-hmm. done all the things, we've gotten help, we've, we've taken the medication, we've gone to the therapist, we've, we've done all the things, God, why did you, why would you? Yeah. Of course. Allow us to end here. Yes. So yes. so those are times where I think um, mm. as a church body, we have to be equipped then to to love on and respond to mm. and help those parents in those settings. And, and quite frankly, give them the space to feel that anger and ask those questions and that yes. be OK. Yes. But continue to love them through that that process. Mm. Oh, wow so important to get to get help yeah and it is okay it is okay Mm. well we talked last week Mm -hmm. uh, about some of the signs when depression appears to be serious Mm -hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about those times where we feel like there this could be leading to suicidal thoughts yeah those are times where you know I, I always say this when Certainly, if there's an overt attempt, mm-hmm. you know, I call it the, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Like you have gotten yourself a pass, a fast pass to, you know, we've got a crisis on our hands. Yes, yes. When there's an overt attempt, there, we have to take it seriously. And I think parents have to understand, and I think I may have mentioned this when we chatted before, this idea that children are being, resi- they're resilient and they'll be okay. Or, right, right. oh, he or she is, you know, she's a drama queen. Or, mm-hmm. you know, he's just being extra. Some of the things that we hear. We have Parents have to understand that any overt attempt is serious and we have to mm-hmm. take it as such. Mm-hmm. And even if there, it may not be an overt attempt, but we're seeing things again that, that look like my, my child is spiraling into a depression. Mm-hmm. Again, the trouble sleeping, isolating from friends, yeah. those sorts of things that you, you just feel that they're in this dark place. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. seeking help and seeking professional help is imperative at that time because what it does, it signals to the teenager that my life is important. Like my parents believe that I am important enough to do whatever they have to do to make sure that I'm okay. Yes. Yes. So a lot of it is letting kids know, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you to the Mm -hmm. best of my ability. I'm not going to just sit here and watch you in this setting. We're going to do everything that we Mm -hmm. can because Mm -hmm. I love you that much Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. are that important. Because oftentimes with depression, that's it's the flip side. No one loves me. I don't feel that I'm worth anything. I don't feel that I'm worthy. I'm not important. No, I'm pulling. I'm going to do everything I can to pull you out because you are this important. Yes. Yes. You do matter to me. You do 
matter to this family, all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. So it combats those messages that, that are happening in their head. Oh, that's so important. So important. And, you know, sometimes there may not be an overt <clears throat> attempt mm-hmm. of suicide, but but there's this what sometimes parents will call just drama. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to die. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live. Mm-hmm. I don't have, you know. So how should those those comments also be taken very seriously? Absolutely. I, yes. I said, yeah, I believe that they should. You know, a lot of times we hear um, people say that, you know, kids, oh, well, they're just, you know, they're just acting out or they just want attention. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have to look at it in terms of um, one comment like that that's not responded to. And if they're not just looking for attention, then we're at a funeral. Mm. So we don't we don't have the the luxury, if you will. We don't have the room to wait and see mm-hmm. if it's drama or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's we we have to act. We have yes. to respond. And I think having those very real conversations again with with children and, and our teenagers. And I purposely say children because the statistics are that that we're looking at with suicide we're not we're not just talking about you know 16 17 years we're talking yes. as young as 10 and 11 year old wow. babies mm. who are ending their life by suicide. Mm, so I think mm. we have to have those very real conversations about how important they are to us. Oh, yes, yes. And also helping them understand that suicide is permanent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What they're experiencing is temporary. Yes, yes. It may feel permanent to them, but helping them understand that, that there's there's no comeback mm. from from suicide. It, it's not it's not like the movies. It's yeah. not like the video games, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where the person gets up and they get an extra life and exactly. All of those no. That's not the way it works. Yeah. So I think being honest with our young people about what suicide is and what it means mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is also important. Oh yes, yes. You know, we all have life events mm-hmm. that will trigger our own feelings, even as adults, yep. of loss or sadness. Mm-hmm. But if we know that our teen has been bullied or they failed a class or they had a breakup with a boyfriend, mm-hmm. et cetera, how might parents understand uh, the importance of taking those events seriously? Uh, because they are uh, traumatic yeah. for our kids. Absolutely. I think um, I think listen, 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 listen is, is the best is, is a starting point. But also I think seeing our young people as as having lives and situations that do impact them. And I think the word that you use is really important that there are traumatic events that happen in their lives. The reason that we may not see it as such is mm-hmm. because we have the luxury of having have more years ahead of them. And so we now know better, or certainly should now know better, yes. how to handle these things. Yes, yes. They don't always. <laughs> so mm. when those traumatic events happen for them, they don't have the luxury of years and time and experience mm. and coping skills to know how to handle that. So it's our responsibility to help them to get those coping skills and those tools that they need. And so 
also letting them know that it's okay to be sad, mm-hmm. that it's okay to be frustrated, it's okay to be hurt. Give that's that's an appropriate response. Yes. Given whatever their hurt is, yes. it's an appropriate response to be sad about losing a friend or having a breakup. It's an appropriate response to be angry, you know, about if someone has done something harmful to you. It's an appropriate response to be frustrated if you didn't get the grade that you wanted on the test. But yes. Now, after we do that, now let's back up and talk about, okay, let's dig a little bit more into that. You know, what was going on? Tell, tell me what you were thinking. Mm-hmm. Tell, me, tell me how this is impacting mm-hmm. you. So it's a lot about having conversations, but letting them know that it's okay what they're experiencing. Yes. You just have to help them understand and know now, how do I process this? Yes, what, yes. what do I do with these emotions that yes. aren't making sense to me? And, and also, I think some skills and, and what do I do the next time this exactly. happens? Because we know in life, there's it's a almost, next time. A, there's a next time. There's <laughs> yeah, always there's a, a next time. time. There's yeah. going to be another breakup. And yeah. There, yeah, there will be a next time. I think you're absolutely right. What What do I do the next time? How do I learn from this one? What What can I take from this one? What it, what it may be I... I see coming that I ignored mm, this time, yeah. that next time I can be aware of, you know, uh-huh. maybe I knew all along that this wasn't, you know, the guy or the girl that I needed to be dating, but you know, hey, they were cute, so we went out anyway. Yeah. But I saw things that, that I knew I should have raised my should antenna Should have been red yeah, flags. Yeah, should have been red flags. Yeah. So yeah. I, I absolutely, I love that. What do I do the next time? Because the mm-hmm. next time's coming. Yes, 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 yes. I, you know, you talked about how, how important it is to just really communicate with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think sometimes parents will hesitate discussing suicides because like well maybe they weren't even thinking about it and I don't want to plant that idea in their mind right right so, so what how do you suggest that that be a topic that should be uh, something they should bring up uh, yeah I, I think you're right and it, I hear that all the time you know is it, I shouldn't bring it up because I don't want them to think about it if they've been thinking about it you bring it up isn't They've already been thinking about it. And if they haven't been thinking about it, you bring them up. Is it going to cause them to think about it? Um, So I think it's a conversation you have just in the same way that we talk to the same way that we talk to our children about, you know, what college do you want to go to? The same Mm -hmm. way that we talk to our kids about why it's important, you know, that you make good grades, you know, why it's important that you start paying attention to your GPA, your freshman year and not just your, you know, your junior year. All of those wrapping it around. conversations that we have at the table. And one of the things that I think may be helpful for parents and teens is, you know, I do this, I've done this in the past with clients is particularly if, you know, there's a, a, a set time, whether it's dinner or if it's on a Saturday where you're driving to practice or whatever, you know, have have a box somewhere in the house that's, give it some cool name, the question box, the random box, whatever you want to call it. And the kids or parents can drop something in there. Yeah. And so... You know, if it's dinner time and this week mom gets to pull one, dad gets to pull one, the kid gets to pull one, we get three questions. And so now we can have a conversation about whatever's on there. Whatever's on it. Whatever's on there. And we talk and everyone has to, everybody has to answer. Everybody has to, you know, say what they think, what they feel, what they believe. Is this something that's happened? So it, it's it's a natural way to kind of have conversation about things that are difficult mm-hmm. without just plopping down at the table and going, so today we're going to talk about suicide. Right. <laughs> oh, know? exactly. Yeah. 
you know, that's an excellent idea. Yeah, and it, it and really it, is. It just becomes a natural part, and so yeah. it lets kids know that it's safe to have these conversations with mom and dad. Mm, I love that, Catherine. That's excellent. Yeah, excellent. Well. Uh, how does a, the parent mm-hmm. decide uh, this is a phase, we're just going to talk mm-hmm. through this, we're going to get through it, or no, we need a therapist? Yeah. How do they make that decision about a therapist? Yeah, I think I think it's important, again, to, to watch patterns and mm-hmm. behaviors. And I think mm-hmm. when you begin to see something that's outside of the norm for your kid, that is persistent. So... A week of, you know, I don't want to get out of bed. I'm not doing my homework. You know, Jill and I broke up. Okay. We're okay with this for a couple of days. Yeah. But if this is persistent over a couple of weeks, we've gotten to a month now, you're not eating, you don't want to hang out with your friends. Now, I'm, I'm concerned about this. Let's go and talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, and this can sometimes be a double-edged sword. I think it's important at times to say, would you like to go and talk to someone? Mm-hmm. I also think there are times when you say, we're going to talk to someone. Oh, that's a good point. Because, and and I will be honest, mm-hmm. I most of the time err on, we're going to talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because... I mean, just face it. None of us want to go to counseling. Mm-mm. None no. of us want to go and sit and tell someone that we don't know what's going on with us. So mm-hmm. there's rarely going to be a time that your teenager is going to say, oh, yeah, mom, I'd love to do that. Right. Likely not. So but I think educating mm-hmm. them on the why behind it. Oh, yes. Um, yes. And, and in that process, though giving them some some autonomy in selecting that therapist. Mm-hmm. And so asking them, do you want to see a male? Do you want to see a female? Mm-hmm. You know, would you like to see some you know, giving them a little bit of room to choose, if you will. Yes. Um, in a situation where as the parent, you've made the decision we're going, mm-hmm. but you're going to give them some some latitude in how we go, what that looks like. Maybe even when we go, okay, hey, I'll give you between now and next Wednesday, mm-hmm. something along those mm-hmm. lines, mm-hmm. similar to what we do in other instances. Okay, sure. listen, we're going to church Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to Sunday school. What you wear, okay, you've got parameters here. Right. Same right. type of situation. Same, you know, it's the same yeah. way. It makes it more normal. makes it more just part of our lives. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk for just a moment about... Um, again, we are hearing more and more about teen suicide. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, there are friends mm-hmm. who are grieving. Mm-hmm. And we often hear in the news, well, you know, there are crisis counselors on the campus and they're talking to children. But, but again, what do parents do when they realize that Johnny's best friend has taken his life? Yeah. So I think the first thing that we do is is acknowledge their loss, acknowledge the the real loss for your child Um, in the same way that you would any other person that's important to them that that's no longer part of their life. I I think we start there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we can we can jump on the fact that the individual died by suicide and we we go down that road before we even give room and space for them 
to just grieve the fact that my friend is gone. Regardless of Regardless how. of the how. Yes. My friend is gone. So I think starting there mm. um, is, is the first step. Then... I believe also allowing them to kind of guide that conversation. Mm -hmm. A a lot of, tell me how this is impacting you. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you're thinking about. You know, what did Johnny mean to you? Mm -hmm. You know, before we get into, did Johnny talk to you about this? There's time for that. And that will come. Mm. But on the front end, Honestly, it's just it's just loving on your kid because someone that was important to them is no longer a part of their life. Mm. All of the other that will come as a result of the how will be there. Yes. And, and and that will need to be unpacked because it does always bring extra challenges with it. But in the beginning, it's just how do I love on my kid mm-hmm. because their friend is gone? Mm-hmm. Oh, good advice. Very good advice. Well, you know, as Christians, we know that God heals the brokenhearted mm. uh, and praise God that he does. Yes. <laughs> uh, how do you suggest that parents instill the hope of Christ mm. into their children for times like this? You know, I think I think one of the best ways is sharing with them your individual story, times where you struggled and then what God did for you and that's why you're where you are now Mm. so giving them a tangible practical real world example of Mm -hmm. there was a time when you know mom was really struggling with whatever the case may be but God was my hope and here is what he did for me and as a result of that Here's what he can do for you. Mm-hmm. I think going back to multiple people in, in scripture and yes. showing their mistakes. I think about Peter and the mistakes that he made and God, you know, still chose to use him. Giving them those real examples that say, okay, I'm I am not a problem. I'm not the problem. I'm not unlovable. God can still use me. God can still yes. heal me. All of those things because I have some practical examples and I have one sitting right here you know at home with me at the dinner table yes yes, uh, yes. I, I think that's a beautiful beautiful way of of bringing them around so it doesn't mm. feel like it's just me oh yes yes I always think it's good to have a go-to verse mm-hmm. for different situations in our lives and planting a particular scripture in yep. the life of your child, I think, would be helpful. Uh, in our closing moment, mm-hmm. is there a special verse that you share with your children? I I love Romans 8. Uh, starts at about verse 32 to 30, you want to say 38, 39, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're... we're we just go through this litany of there, there's nothing. The, the, the bottom line is there's absolutely nothing that can separate me from the love of Christ. And I love it because we get these these extremes yes. in the scripture, you know, height nor depth. Yes, you know, yes. it's, you know principalities or power. You know, we yeah. get all these extremes. And then I love it because then it says, nor any other thing. You know, so <laughs> right, if, right. if any of that didn't fit in, yes. there's nothing else. Nothing else. And I love that picture because it's talking about the love of Christ, but I think parents can also use that with their kids and say, listen, you may do some things that rack my absolute last nerve, and you may do some things that actually cause me to be pretty angry, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing that you can do 
that's going to stop me from loving you. Amen. I love that. I'm always going to love you. I mm. may need a minute to breathe <laughs> and come back into that's the right. room yeah. to talk about it. That's right. But I'm never going to stop loving you because Amen. you are my child I and, and being able to parallel that with the love of Christ. That's beautiful. Oh, this has just been so, so helpful. I know I to so. many who are listening and it's helpful to me as a grandma yeah. as I talk to yes. my children. So it's beautiful. Thank you so much. I encourage you, our listener, to check out our program notes and there you're going to learn more about Katherine Barner, her book, her good work here at Grace Center for Spiritual Development Counseling Institute. We invite you to check out the many courses and resources that we have here at Grace School of Theology and the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. You can find information at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. So glad you've tuned in. Remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the grace app through your smartphone views expressed on this program may not always be the views of grace school of theology or its leadership